You're listening to an Mpavilion podcast. Conversations about design and the world we live in. For more, visit our archive at mpavilion.org and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. beautiful Saturday. I don't even know what the days are, but today uh, is a beautiful day and uh, thank you for coming along. Such a pleasure to uh, be here. My son and I have, uh, well I didn't drive, my son's the driver these days, so really chauffeured around which is fantastic. But um, I'd like to to, uh, begin by thanking and uh, honouring my father grandfather for the opportunity that we've been given in our lifetime and uh, you know it's a strange thing when you start talking every time no matter where you are or you know what your audience is it all you're always reminded of where you are and where you come from and you know my father didn't spend a lot of time in the city um but a lot more in country. And uh, we're very lucky uh, to be able to still live in that country area of our traditional lands, about an hour and 20 minutes drive from here. So, um, but not only that, for the uh, great legacy that he's given us and his uh, amazing, amazing resilience and stamina. Um, after being a World War I veteran. So I'd like to pay my respects and acknowledge him and uh, we believe that he's uh, firmly resting uh, in his rightful place. Also like to pay respects to all of our ancestors, our elders and communities across this great nation and of course our neighbouring islands. Um, To brothers and sisters who are with us today, um, thank you um, for being here, of course, and thank you and I acknowledge and pay my respects to your family and your community and to each and everyone else. I want to acknowledge your belonging, your culture, and um, because it is important as I was just talking about the legacy from my father, it's, it is important that we, um, not only are we aware of each other, not only that we acknowledge each other and respect each other, but we have an understanding of each and every one of us, no matter where our beginning um, is from. So I want to pay my respects to you. When my father was, uh, this is my life, that I've lived and I'm very grateful to have had beautiful words spoken to me by my father when he was passing and um, five days from turning 14 and I asked him to leave me something and uh, he said to me, you are who you are, be proud of who you are but you are no better than anyone else. Um, And of course, you know, that time in my life um, had been really rocky 
uh, up to that age. And I, I kind of couldn't really grab what he was saying. However, um, I firmly believe as I grew older and matured and uh, joined in, you know, the Anzac Day marches and things, proudly wearing his medals, that what he was talking about was his mates in that served with him. And they came from all walks of life, various cultures. And, uh, of course, they fought as one for what we have today. So um, I hope I've been able to live by my father's words and thank him so much. Today, um, such a special treat, um, always uh, with the City of Melbourne and, you know, having such a great relationship and partnership. Um, it's just been amazing uh, over many years, actually. And, um, and of course, you know, having our own Jason Eads now. Um, I've forgotten your title, though, Jason. Thank you. Oh, how could I forget that? Director of Aboriginal Melbourne. That, um, you know, positions like that don't come every day. And um, so for me, um, having known Jason and his family for many long time, and um, yeah, it's really important that we know that the younger ones are there and they're fairly planting those seeds of other beginnings and or an ongoing. Um, it may change, of course, but, you know, whatever they're trying to implement and facilitate um, a progress of development. And, of course, without um, Sky, thank you, Sky, so much, because it has been a long-term, long-term knowing you. And I must say the, the winds have shifted, you know, and for us as elders, um, it's just an, uh, an amazing feeling. Like, honestly, you, I walk around, you know, the city these days, not very much, but when I am in the city, it, well, I think I'm probably in the city more than I'm home, but um, nevertheless, I feel that great sense of truly belonging again, and that means so much. It just means so much to know that our people who have gone be before us and you know, the atrocities that occurred, um, sometimes the heart just can't take much more. And, uh, but it's a healing process, but it's not only that, it's, it's a, a working together, which is, uh, you know, going to, and is doing, uh, making that change and making a difference. So um, thank you to everyone. Um, you'll hear from our, the, uh, sorry, not our, well, our, yeah. <laughs> A beautiful lady, I'll just say, from City of Melbourne. And uh, but you know, the thing is that without that leadership as well, um, you know, it's got to be the right people in the job. And we're at a time, and have been for some time now, to have people who know um, what should happen, what can happen, and how it can happen by including us. So I truly want to say a huge nodkunwa. Thank you. Um, ceremonies are pretty much uh, similar throughout this country and our neighbouring islands and of course it's always about a beginning so the balm bearing which um, the smoking which we call the balm bearing is how we begin and it's about um, that feeling of how we should be who you are and at the very least, at the very least 
think about where you've come from, but then, of course, more so about how you're feeling. What should you be feeling like? Gosh, that's a big, big question. But uh, personally, for, for me and, of course, for my son, but all of those who have walked this land and, all, and everyone that will walk this land, we suggest that and would like to see you just take a moment, take a moment to think about what you're doing, how you're doing it. Can you do it right now? If not, stop, just stop. Our people, you know, have lived on these lands for thousands and thousands of years. And it was through that engineering of, of country, of course, but, you know, not only the nurturing, but planning. And planning always took a great deal of good thinking and management. So we don't, unfortunately, seem to have that time today. But I think sometimes mistakes are made because, um, you know, there's always a knock-knock. Time's up, better deliver. But of course, significantly for us, it's about returning the spirits of our ancestors. Um, with colonisation, of course, there were so many lives taken and so many of our people, um, sadly, were just left wherever they, that death occurred. And we hope with the continuing balm bearings that the spirit of the, uh, the balm bearing smoking ceremony will return um, their spirits back to their rightful place. I'd ask you to join in uh, after I've done the welcome to country. And the welcome to country is about who we are, where we come from. I've spoken about that quite a bit already. But uh, we're known as the Managum people. And uh, if you don't know the Managum, it's a magnificent tree and uh, has this amazing um, white trunk uh, after the, or most times actually, uh, it's bare rather than covered with bark. But nevertheless, was always a, um, a journey to grab the branches of leaves. So we had a young fellow called the Wirigiri who would make um, toe holes in that trunk with a green stone, a beautiful, beautiful um, green stone and uh, sharpened and then he would climb that trunk to grab those branches because they're not easily accessible. However, um, from that managa, my son makes his beautiful tarnak, um, doesn't cut down the trees. He watches, looks all the time, looking out to see if a tree has fallen, whether he can get access to it. Might be just by the river as well. Might be that nature's provided uh, that drop of the tree. Um, and then we'll take that now from the tree um, and then not really much to do other than the, the caring, the maintenance of it to have this uh, tarnak, as we call it. It is about the use of what we've been given, but also it's also about giving back. So much has been taken from country and we like to think that we can return um, and give back to what um, may help, you know, further heal country. So the ashes today will be, as always, will be, play, will be put into a place here um, at the MP. And uh, that again is, we say, that's another regeneration of a time to come. Whether there's a little tree that might grow from that, that would be just fantastic. 
but for the for the symbolism of our balm bearing, um, that's what we like to do. So, but these managum is the gift and the beautiful gift that we have. We are very lucky and able to share that with you. And from these branches, um, we can continue to care for what we've all been given. So I'm going to pass that to this gentleman, ask you to take a leaf from that branch and then pass it on to the next person. Whoops. Thanks, Jason. And in doing that, it means that we connect. We connect from the roots of the earth. Like we are the, you know, the roots of the earth are where we are. We all need to be grounded at times. But from not only that, from where Mother Earth began its journey with us. And then also the connecting um, between these leaves um, makes it, we believe, a, a journey of acceptance of each other. And also I would like to thank you, say Nodjkamal, thank you for accepting this gift because we believe it joins um, with, you join with us to honour the spirit of our ancestors who have nurtured this very land for many, many thousands of years. And also we like to say to you that, as I've said, made a mention that if we continue to look after what we've been given and give back as much as we can, then hopefully we're heading towards a, a, few, a future of change and a giving back to the flora and fauna um, of this land. Thank you for having us. Thank you for your patience. Our language is the Woi Wurrung, Wurmundjikar, Wurrundjibalik, Yemen, Kundibik, and you are most welcome to the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri Woi Wurrung people, Nodjkunwa. Now, if you'd like to please join me, and one, you know, it's getting a bit warmer out there, um, you're welcome to come in in groups as well.
Everyone, if you could um, please start making your way back over to the main area. Hi everyone, welcome. Um, firstly, I'd like to thank Auntie Joy and Craig for the very moving and generous welcome to country. So thank you again. I'm Jocelyn Chu, the Director of City Design at the City of Melbourne. And I'm very excited to bring you the third event in the City of Melbourne's Excellent City Series at M Pavilion. So City Design established the series in 2021 to explore what design excellence means for Melbourne in collaboration with our diverse communities. Last year, we explored themes of equity, resilience and Aboriginality. This year, we're exploring new modes, new event modes to build inclusive dialogues. This year's The Excellent City series comprises of four events. Build Your Own City, was a hands-on collaborative all-ages workshop which envisaged a healthy, healthy city for all. Enduring City uncovered low-carbon, low-embodied energy materials and methodologies for projects of all scales. And this event, Embracing Country, will explore living with, designing with and caring for country. Our final event, Design Futures, will explore through performance art the notion of design excellence. Before we get into today's activities, just a couple of housekeeping items. So the event is being photographed. Um, photography may be used by the City of Melbourne um, on projects, uh, promo material, including websites and social media. If you do not wish to be photographed, please let us know and we'll make sure that we respect that. 
Um, the second item I have to share is that if you'd like to be across our projects and our events, uh, please just scan the QR code that's on, the, um, uh, on our, our info panels. Um, today's event has been curated by Sydney Design and Aboriginal Melbourne. Our Aboriginal City Working Group is working, has regular design yarns and is working towards achieving Council's Innovate Reconciliation Action Plan. At its core, we aim to increase our listening, learning and understanding of our traditional owner communities and shape our city to be inclusive of all First Nations people and to celebrate First Nations customs and knowledge. This event will be a listen and learn experience for our audience. Our First Nations panellists will have an uninterrupted voice for truth-telling and knowledge share. Some of you may have already noticed that we've also got food up the back from Marble Marble, based at Federation Square. Um, I've just got a little blurb to read out from them as well. And if you haven't already sampled it, please feel free to help yourself. It's there for everyone to share. So, Marble Marble is a saying in the Torres Strait that means help yourself. It's what you say before you dig into a big meal with friends and family. Their food culture is all about sharing and this experience is fundamental to their business. Whether you are joining for a meal, an event, or picking up some products for home, they want you to feel part of their village. Norni Barrow is the founder and director of Marble Marble. Originally from Mare Island in the Torres Strait, Norni has been a professional chef for over 20 years. Norni is on a mission to put indigenous ingredients in kitchens across Australia. They want people to be using, eating and celebrating Indigenous ingredients every day. So thank you again, Marble Marble. I'll now hand over to Jason Eads, our Director of Aboriginal Melbourne, to introduce our panel and to lead today's discussion. Thank you. Thank you, Jocelyn. And good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'm sure we're going to be for, in for a very interesting discussion this afternoon. And Jocelyn, it's great to um, be hearing that we're using um, places like Mabu Mabu um, because we're starting to see more and more um, signs of Aboriginal culture starting to appear in our city. And that really warms me. And I'm so proud also to see of Pawa opening um, over um, at the exhibition um, building, or the art centre rather. But, um, and it's great because those things are so, so needed. And discussions like this are needed so that you can hear from uh, First Nations voices um, on, on matters that are, are really important about cities. So um, I'm going to introduce our panel, but I'm not going to read out their bios. I'm going to ask each of them to talk a bit about themselves because I think it's far more insightful um, to hear from them than it is for me to read out a long list of achievements. And we would be here for the full hour just on those achievements, let me tell you. Um, so, um, of course, we are joined by Anujoy Wanded Murphy. Um, and I just want to say, Anujoy, thank you so much for um, your welcome. The generosity um, that you always bring to that um, in making us feel so welcome on, on this country. Um, Ro um, Hoskins, who joins us, of course, from across the ditch. We say that in a, a very friendly um, way. Um, so looking forward to, um, to hearing your contribution to the discussions um, today. And of course, it was um, awesome to hear you speak yesterday. 
And our final panelist, of course, is Aretha Brown. And Aretha is an artist and screenwriter who really came to prominence through some of her activism work. So um, I might hand over to each of you just to share a bit more details about yourselves um, and perhaps to discuss what does the term embracing country mean to you? <laughs> no, all right. Thanks, Jason. Um, I just wanted to say, um, yeah, you know, very polite of Jason to offer not to have to tell you who we are and what we've done or where we've been or where we're going to. <laughs> but um, I just also wanted to say that, you know, Jason himself and his family are a part of our community and... You know, um, living in the, um, God, and Lily said the northwest, wrong direction. Far, um, far east. Far east, yeah. Um, yeah, um, you know, uh, uh, when you live so far out from the city, it's, it's quite a, an effort to come into the city to work. And, uh, but, you know, Jason, and uh, not only himself, his mum, who's now passed, but you know, and other families from across this state, in, in at least, have come into the city um, to try and change themselves, to try and be accepted, but also to achieve what they, they are willing to do and, and what their natural um, ability, uh, how they can showcase that, how they can help the reconciliation of all of us and, most importantly, to find a place and so we hope that um, here on Wurundjeri country that everyone knows that they have a place regardless of where you come from, but particularly to, you know, um, Jason at this point, uh, which I'll say a little bit more later on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just wanted to thank you, Jason, and the contribution you've also made. Thank you. Um, uh, um, I'm an old girl now, um, and I say that, um, you know, in a respectable way because if if I went to my um, uh, skin name um, part of country, then then uh, that's what I'd be called, or not girl, old lady. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm the senior elder of the Wurundjeri Wurrung people at this stage in my life. Sadly, through the loss of my two, um, three big brothers, um, who were the Narangita, the head man. Um, I have no issues about that, but however, I, I do um, accept that responsibility of uh, continuing to lead our community. Um, I've outlived my, my uh, age by uh, my lifetime by, I think it's 17 years now, so... Um, according to the data, and it's true, the data of our Aboriginal women and, and um, yeah, their lifetime. So I feel very blessed and I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. And um, what I really have always wanted to do was to um, make changes, as I said earlier, to make a difference um, with the greatest respect to those who fought the real wars. Thank you. Kia ora, Auntie Joy. 
ngami hinoi kia koe o tira ki te papatūnuku e takoto nei ranginui e tui ho nei me te tuanui kei runga i a mātou a tēnā koutou katoa. Just to acknowledge you and to join your willingness to provide cultural oversight of our session today. Very, very important for us all, but been to Melbourne several times but never had the ability to be welcomed in this way, so it's very special. Thanks to the organisers for getting me across from flood-ravaged Aotearoa. I feel like I'm deserting a sinking ship over there. But yeah, there's a lot of work to be done in our towns and cities to make them more responsive to the local people and most of all, as Auntie Joy says, to feel like you belong in your own place. And I think that's the hardest thing, to feel like you don't belong and yet it's your own place. So um, it's great to hear that so many initiatives are taking place and that for you in particular, you do see those elements which speak back to you in your, in your own language. So that's, that's um, got to be um, you know, a big vote of confidence in what um, Aboriginal Melbourne is doing and, and what the City Design Studio and others are involved in here. For me, in, in Aotearoa, I, I work in this space all the time. I work between our tribal groups and um, uh, large-scale design projects and uh, design consortia. So I, um, I have a background in architecture, landscape design, cultural landscape design. And um, I guess I'm mainly a conduit for trying to um, maximise uh, the expression of Māori cultural identity within the, the built and natural environment. And so um, often I'm, I'm just the eyes and ears of, a, of one or more particular tribal groups, um, just looking looking at the myriad of ways that their their identity can be expressed in in the environment. And of course, there's none no better way than than living ceremony. So to create spaces where ceremony can happen is is really important. Uh, the focus on water, you know, we've got these enormous flooding issues back home, but of course, you know, in, in other years we've had droughts. So um, the focus on harmonising our relationship with water and of course um, the springs, the springs of life that, that were so essential to all our living um, villages. Um, my work takes me around Aotearoa and the Pacific. I've been in Hawaii recently, uh, last week before last, and um, working with our cousins up there in terms of their own struggles to, to be recognised. As you are aware, the footprint of America is very strong in, in Hawaii and it's very difficult sometimes for local um, indigenous Hawaiians to, to actually have their, um, he, have a voice and to see themselves represented in the physical environment. So I was pleased to support this uh, invitation here uh, to come and, come and join this panel um, because it's you know, central to what I, I believe is the most important in, in our world is, is that we all feel like we belong. And, and if you're not Aboriginal and you're not from Melbourne, you know, what's most important is that you do see uh, a genuine um, Indigenous presence because that is your de facto sense of identity as opposed to a colonial overlay which is pretty hard to identify with in 2023. Um, so, you know, the, the, the work that's done in these places and in our cities for the local tribes, local iwi, um, people of country, they are be a benefit to everybody. Um, absolutely everybody. We all want to feel uh, 
and experience unique environments and to know that the local people have been respected in, in the way that those environments have been development, developed. So I'm, I'm from the Ngāpuhi iwi of Aotearoa. Uh, there's 130,000 Ngāpuhi and we're the, we're the largest tribe and based in the north of Auckland area. Uh, unfortunately, we're not a settled iwi. We haven't reached a settlement with the, the government yet, so our people are relatively poor uh, in comparison to some of the other tribes who've settled with the government maybe 20 years ago. Um, so we're getting um, a disparity now between our own people, between pre-settled and post-settled um, tribal groups, and that does create some tension um, uh, we're hopeful that our settlement process will, will um, be resolved in the next five or six years, but we've been saying that for 20 years, so we shall see. Um, just pleased to be here today and, and um, great to be sitting in such auspicious company here today and really keen to hear from, from you both in terms of the, um, the question lines that, um, that are going to be uh, provided to us. Ngami. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, my name's Aretha Brown. Uh, I'm an artist and screenwriter. Uh, Born in Melbourne, I'm a proud Gabangri woman, so my mom's from northern New South Wales, but I was born in Melbourne and in Nam and raised by most of the Wandry and, and TO mob down here. Um, yeah, I, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm a muralist by trade. Um, I have yeah gone on to make I think over 25 murals all around Melbourne and, and Sydney, and I've done a few international ones now. Um, and for me, like when I think about country, it's about yeah, it's about having yourself reflected as a young Aboriginal person in in the environment around you. And I think art's just like a really awesome way to, to do that. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of what, what it means to me. Um, and yeah, I'm just trying to think like if maybe, I've got one at Mabu Mabu actually, which is a mob that I've done our food today. I was actually a waitress at Mabu Mabu for like <laughs> a few years. This is before they got the, the, the joint in um, Fed Square. This is when they were running a place in Yarraville. And yeah, I, I like really know that mob and um, they're doing deadly stuff. But yeah, I got a mural there and I just did one of the NGV actually um, afterwards. This is me, a bit of a shameless plug, but you can go check it out in the garden. It's just in the back there. Um, I just did it on the floor and yeah, it's an awesome job. I get to travel and um, I run my own art collective called Kiss My Art. And um, it's getting young femme, so women and non-binary people to come and help me assist on my murals. Because the thing about murals is like... Um, you see them and there's always huge teams that help people go, you know, get them done or any kind of public artwork. There's always so many people that help, but very rarely do artists actually show the huge team that have gone into it. <laughs> and so for me, it's about showing all the, all the crew that helped me and the young women that helped me. And uh, we're also mostly indige women as well. So it's a really awesome gig. And I like to joke that we're more like a band than we are an art collective because we just get to travel and paint. And um, for me, like reclaiming space is literally about feeling comfortable and, and, and decolonizing in that sense. I've got my little cousin with me today. I couldn't get out of babysitting, unfortunately. So, yeah, she, she's <laughs> this is Quilina. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's what it's about for me. And, like, you know, establishing, um, making artwork so that future generations and, you know, mob coming up under me as well. You know, I'm, I'm, I've just turned 22, so I'm, I'm still young. But, um, yeah, making art a, a real career and, and something that is just held in the same regard as any other profession, um, I think is a big thing. Understanding that as an Aboriginal person, storytelling is at the heart of everything we do with the original storytellers and I'm doing absolutely nothing new, you know. Aboriginal women have been painting walls in this country for millennia since time began. I'm doing absolutely nothing new. Um, I'm just continuing on, continue on, continuing on a legacy and that's just really, really awesome and I love my job, yeah. Thank you all. I think it was about 
30-odd years ago when I first moved to Melbourne. And in that time, I've seen a city change so much. There is a lot more kind of visibility of um, Aboriginal cultural references um, within our city. And we're seeing a lot more of caring for country occurring um, across um, the city. I'm really interested to know what do you, what, from your perspective, what does it mean to live with and care for country in an urbanised context? Um, yeah, look, there's just a couple of things that um, just in the, the previous conversations was um, bearing in mind that, you know, we're, we represent 2.5% of the total Australian population. Um, it puts a lot of work on our shoulders um, it's challenging when you come from a very young community. Um, and I also think that the legacies that we've had and, you know, um, those elders before us have tried in vain, really. <laughs> and I was around then. Um, it wasn't as welcoming as it is now to sit here and feel, you know, this is truly where I want to be. This is truly what I want to share with you. Because I always used to have, um, there was a lot of aggression, there was so much pain, um, there was so much anger, um, and we gave it back. But we still left there feeling, you know, that we're never going to make friends again. And... So I, I, I just, you know, many times, I mean, we used to do stuff like sharing cultures. There's the Greek families, some of, some of our communities married into Greek families and we'd be invited to the Greek restaurants and we'd smash plates and stuff, you know. And, and kind of felt then that that was great, but why, what, what can we do? You know, that question about what can we do in return um, can't go out there hitting them with a bundi, you know, which is to kill animals, or a boomerang, you know. Um, and I guess that was really probably the beginning of what can we do? And tirelessly, I mean, the, you know, it was just a, an ongoing challenge all the time. Walking down the street of Melbourne's, you're an unknown or you were a dirty black um, and it was as obvious as that. And, um, you know, the Italian community, we had some, uh, you know, we kind of married into that community as well. And they were fantastic. Um, Chinese communities, there are a number of communities. But we still just didn't have that feeling of, you know, that these lands were a part of um, what we're still caring for and for all those thousands of years, a land that meant so much, um, you know, not only for um, First Nations people but everything that this land provided. And, you know, it's a huge story. It's huge. And you kind of wonder, okay, what can the changes be? And as I said earlier, you know, the doors have been opened. Things have changed. And um, luckily, I have to say, 
as I said before, we've had leaders in there, you know, both Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal leaders who are there um, to change, to make that change, who believe that, you know, um, injustices have happened here. How do we mend those? Um, and it's just sometimes just a big maze, a big jigsaw, a big um, cobweb that how do we untangle ourselves? But it's being given, being given a right, I think, to to feel that that right that we must keep going, of course, in honour of, of those before us, but also because it is now a changed community, um, very much a changed community, and you know um, we're getting bigger and bigger and bigger every day. So if we don't keep the fight up, then we're not only um, do the right thing um, for ourselves and those gone before us, but we'll have lost the wonderful opportunity, the opportunity now to really um, step up and um, showcase who we are in, in, a, in somewhat of a different way. One of the things that I also wanted to just say, you know, um, I'm not Angela, sorry, I've gone. Aretha, thank you. Sorry, I don't know what, you know, the old age. <laughs> I've got an Angela. <laughs> Sorry, Aretha. <laughs> oh, getting worse. Um, but one of the things, you know, that really struck me is I've not seen your painting behind Marbu Marbu. Behind. Sorry, Marbu Marbu. Oh, not behind. Okay. But, okay, no, that's good because, you know, for years and years, that's that's where artists were put, out the back, in the alley, whatever, you know, and it's it, uh, not seen. And um, it was just heartbreaking. You kind of went, well, you know, you'd go in and you'd have something to eat or drink or whatever, and they'd say, um, hey, I hear there's a painting here, you know. Oh, it's just out there. What the hell's it doing out there, you know, in a nice way. Uh, but at the same time, wanted to throw their drink down the drain, you know. Um, so, so those things have changed. But bringing me to that is how do we make that happen? How, have, how has that happened? Um, and it's been, you know, a coming together um, of cultures with an understanding and respect of each other that now gives us the right to do, you know, in your short time, how many? 30 my God, you know, murals. I mean, that is just unbelievable. Um, and I struggle sometimes to, with the numbers because I, I, I just can't get over the fact that we're still the minority and that will never change. But um, how strong we are, how resilient we are and that we've walked waters that we didn't even, cross waters that we didn't even know existed really. And that's, of course, because of the spirit of our ancestors. Um, I also just wanted to say, too, and I, I can't remember what the third question is, Jason, but um, I just wanted to say that, you know, we have to be bold now, really bold. Like you were saying, it's, you know, it, it's an opportunity. We really have to step out there. Um, but sadly, we still have our community who don't feel like a lot of us feel. Um, but those of us that do feel like that, we really have to paint the sky bluer 
and um, this year, you know, leading into what's coming up, um, you know, there's a million and one things that we can do and there'll be a trillion and one things that we can do within 20, 20, 20 years or something. We, um, we still have to fight with the big, you know, for big events um, to be recognised, like the Grand Prix and when, you know, years ago I was a token at those events, but I kept going in there because it was important for people to know that we, we have survived and we still exist and we'll always be here, we're not going to go away. Um, but on the other hand, you know, we've got the City of Melbourne who's helping us get to those events as well. So we're getting, we've got a bridge now, we've got a beautiful walkway and so we're not really, you know, um, shoveling our, our feet along the ground and just almost on our knees to say, please, you know, just give us some recognition. So, yeah, I think it's about that emblazoning of, you know, what the culture is, will always be, and that to remember that we have true partnerships today that um, we can really showcase who we are. Yeah, I think, I think uh, in, in terms of how we look after country and urban spaces, I think uh, reflecting on maybe the last 15, 20 years, in, mainly in Auckland and Aotearoa, I think one is to get the process right, is to make sure that um, the, the project is owned by the local people, um, co-designed by the local people, and enables those local people to have uh, meaningful living presences within those new environments. Um, because we, we've all, we can all be struck by some, some really interesting artwork, um, but most of all, um, to see the people engaging with that artwork in a meaningful way, in a day-to-day, week-to-week way, is a, it's a, one of the true tests, I think, of... A, of um, you know, a true intervention in, in, our, in our urban environment. So um, my, I've got a niece who's also a mural artist in, in Wellington, um, and um, uh, Miriama Smith, and, and she, she's prolific, probably as prolific as you. And I see the um, amazing impact that you can have, uh, you know, because of the size of the canvases uh, that you're being given. Um, so I think the bold is really important. Um, I think a lot of our designers um, probably err on the subtle side. And um, when you're trying to fight to see yourself represented in the environment, subtlety's got to, to probably, probably take a little bit of a back seat. Um, we need to be very, very overt and very bold at this point in time. Um, and and to make sure that our people are, are there every step of the way and re-inhabit those spaces, um, reconnect to those spaces. Um, and so I guess my, one of my kind of crusades is to broaden the ways that that um, Indigenous people's representation can be thought about. You know, and we talked yesterday briefly about you know, public art is, 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 is probably one of the easiest ways because you've got, you know, a freestanding object often and you've got control over that space. Um, but when we talk about whole performance venues that are dedicated to um, Indigenous performance, when you start to talk about uh, Indigenous business hubs, 
um, where where um, that dimension of our well-being can be can be located. We talk about uh, reinstating some of the springs, the sacred springs that that used to uh, bubble away and sustain our communities, and um, you know how powerful it is if you can relocate those springs and bring them back into to, to um, uh, you know an environment which which can bring the elders back for to to take water for blessings, blessing processes. Um, so I think. Um, Taking care of country and urban spaces is 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 all of that. It's it's to be bold, it's to have you know the best process possible, and to with a mind to making sure that at the end of that process, those local people now feel oh that's one of our places again. It was always our place, but now I feel like I can go back there and and be rejuvenated by by my connection to the process that I went through. And I can tell my children and grandchildren, now, though I was involved with this, this is a good thing. And this is the narrative that we adopted to inspire these artistic responses. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Um, yeah, excellent point. I, again, I'm, I apologize for this balloon. Um, I thought it'd be a smart idea so when I was on stage, I could always kind of see where she was. Talk about Indigenous uh, ingenuity, guys. Um, that's a technology right there that I came up with. Um, it's working pretty well. I can just kind of always see this balloon circling us. Uh, it's very dramatic and theatrical, uh, like me. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I've done a bunch of murals now. But I think what I always like to kind of emphasize is just the fact that I reckon I've been able to do so many works. Number one, just because... Um, there's so many opportunities because of elders that have come before me, just like yourself, Ani. Um, but number two, because I haven't been working with institutions, um, in a weird sense, like there's absolutely no way I would be able to do 25 murals within galleries in Australia in the time that I have. Um, it just would, it just wouldn't happen. I kind of myself have gone, you know, I I want to make works. I love to paint. Um, how do I do it? And so by making, by virtue of making a public work, I don't work with curators. And that's not anything against curators. Some of my best mates are curators. I think curators are awesome. It's a really tricky job, but I just have not had to have that middle person to tell me I can or can't make a work. And so, yeah, by virtue of making public works, I haven't really had to ask permission from anyone. And so I can make heaps and heaps and heaps. And like, I'm, at the, I'm very lucky I'm at the point now where I can decide which ones I want to do. Um, it's not. It's 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 a bit more pick and choose, and I think that's a really nice place to be in um, in my career. But yeah, I, I've kind of gone. I don't really want like the the, the one I just did at the NGV is the first time I've ever worked in a gallery, which is crazy. Um, and I've had worked with the curator because I've just. I think maybe it's me being a little bit cocky, but also being like I know like I. It's not that I think my work's amazing. It's just like I I know myself, and I I don't feel as though I need permission. Um, um, because. Like, you know, this is, I'm First Nations young person, you know, like I, I'm sick of asking permission from non-Indigenous people to make work. I just want to make it. Um, and doing it in a public space is kind of the way that I've been able to do it. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I think. And I think another thing about truth-telling for me is just depicting what I see around me. Um, for me, making art's all about truth-telling. And, um, you know, people want me to do dot art. I don't do dot art. It's not my mob. <laughs> I don't, like, it's not, no shame as well for mob that do it. It's beautiful, just not my tribe, you know. I just don't do that. Um, I also don't depict anything that I don't see around me, you know. I grew up in Footscray, um, 
Western suburbs and so I see trams, I depict trams and trains and like maybe the old possum or a dog, but that's only because I literally see them around me. I don't really draw echidnas because I've never seen an echidna walking around Burke Street, you know? So it's, it's like how do I literally truth tell what it means to be a young Aboriginal person literally living in a shit house in Footscray. Uh, that's a little rough, a bit of a rough area, but very charming and lovely. What does country mean to you, Kawilina? What do you think country means? You got an answer? What? We're, we're, we're waiting very patiently. Can't, what, is, what, what makes you feel happy when you're in an environment? What makes you feel happy when you're in the city? Seeing mum, is that right? Allow me to translate everyone, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Adorable. Um, yeah, so hanging out with her mum and her sisters makes her feel good in the city, which is a very sweet answer. But I think that kind of sums it up in a lot of ways, being with family and feeling comfortable um, and yeah, being with your mum in a space. So yeah, she summed it up very well, thank you. I, I'm going to um, move slightly off the um, pre-programmed um, question. Can I just, sorry, interrupt oh. for two secs? You know, the voice of our little ones who just, you know, has seen many ceremonies um, and most likely she's listened. She's been listening even though she's been running around with beautiful things like balloons so we know where the hell she is, you know. Um, but, you know, that, that's what it's all about, Aretha, and talking about family, like we call Nark Warren, is that that's what we as elders, you know, um, are just so grateful for, you know, through your learning, through your practice, through your ability to to able to foster family, um, you know, is so important. And then this little one is going to grow up, we hope, with um, more of her own culture than we had the chance to do in our time. And that just is something I wanted to say anyway. And here's this little heart, you know, come up and, and speaking to you about what's really important to her and that's family. And I also wanted to say too about, you know, um, murals and so forth that tell these wonderful stories are, are amazing. But I just wonder how many people, like when I say we to be bold, We've always been hedged in by, you know, um, rules and boundaries and, and uh, just bringing that point to boundaries, our traditional boundaries. Um, and, you know, I guess we've come to a stage now, without getting political, but government's allowed us through many stages now um, have taken these strategic steps to allow us to... Um, and really force the hand, which I'm so glad about because I'm sick of going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And, and having saying that they've forced our hand, it's made us be bold. It's made us say, stand up. And, you know, they are your brothers and sisters and they always will be. Not literally, you know, not, not genealogically, but they'll always be one of us. But the fact is that we need to show who we are and what our country is. And I'll make a bet that probably 60% of you haven't got a clue how big Wurundjeri country actually is. You know, it's boundaries and it's huge. And I'll just give you, you know, the outside areas, but we take in all of the inner city of Melbourne. 
which extends north to the Great Dividing Ranges, past where I live and Craig lives and my other family, west out to Werribee River, the river that runs uh, through the middle of the zoo, east out to beautiful Mount Bulbul, and then south down to uh, a place called um, Mordialic Creek. And then it becomes saltwater country. And how are people ever really going to know about us if we don't actually show them? And um, we were talking about this the other day and somewhere else and, and I just believe that's what we've got to do. We've got to really paint the picture of who we are and what our country is so that people can understand not only the big job we have but like – and that was the other point – Again, thanking the City of Melbourne for what they've done because they are enabling us to look after our wetlands again. They are enabling us to take a part in recreating, in bringing back all that, that beautiful water life, water birds, etc. And, you know, replanting um, all of the things that are fundamental to, to each and every one of us. But you're also seeing it. You can see it. So if we can't visualise, this is, you know, where I'm going at the moment, then maybe that's a real big gap um, and that we have to um, make sure that we do show it. So <clears throat> I'm just going to start asking some random questions. Anna Joy, what is the big, bold thing that this city could do? I think, um, you know, we have some beautiful statues and, um, you know, honouring um, a number of our leaders and so forth. We have the um, contemporaries, you know, for across the sports. Um, we have the beautiful, um, uh, you know, place of rest for our skeletal remains for our people. Um, I, 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 I'm kind of really at a loss to say just one thing. I think there are many things that we can do, but we can't do it without you. We cannot do it without you. And I will go political for a minute, um, just, you know, in terms of the, all the chat about constitution uh, the constitutional reform, <clears throat> about the voice, about treaty, you name it. Um, I, th ah, I think we have to be bold ourselves and that is put one thing up. We can work on other things, all those other things, but don't expect our community to be able to take on all of those issues at once. We as the First Nation people have to understand, yes, our hearts have been broken and we're crying and we will continue to cry, but maybe we can turn those into good tears if we say there are young people coming through, strong young people, strong young people, um, and either the next generation that will be able to continue to drive it so that we plant them a beautiful, um, what's the word, uh, open and trans, uh, transparent vision because otherwise if, if we try to achieve too much in, in our time um, and 
I know because I've, I've fallen into that trap trying to do too many things. But um, I think that's what we need to do. Our community needs to be bold along with our beautiful friends. Thank you. Bro, I'm interested... Um, <clears throat> Sometimes I think it, from afar, it looks like New Zealand has come so far, and I'm sure that there's a lot further to go. I'm interested from your perspective, where to next in terms of making these places that are more and more aligned with you know, what First Nations people want um, in, in their cities? Yeah, I, I often sit in... Um uh, offices and buildings and, and speaking on these issues and I, I ask people to look out the window and say tell me what you see that speaks back to you that tells you that this is the place of Ngāti Whātua or Ngāti Pāwa or one of the other tribal groups and um, you know it's sort of furtive scanning uh, and it's pretty grim still um, a finer grain, look, you'll find some things that are coming through. So as you say, there's a lot going on. Um, I think for us in Aotearoa as a voyaging people who have in the last 35 years renewed our voyaging traditions and our star navigation processes and we've relearned skills from our, our um, Pacific um, brothers and sisters, um, I think one thing that we can certainly do in, in Tamaki in Auckland is to have a, a centre for waka culture which acknowledges the, the voyaging traditions of all people um, but first of all our own voyaging traditions because the more we can get people back on the water, back connected to the environment, back, back to working in tune with nature, in tune with the stars, uh, the more we can ground our people uh, in, in those realities and of course we can... Um, within that centre for waka culture, we can bring young people into those processes, uh, into healthy uh, activity through, through paddling and sailing and so on. So I think for us, um, it's something that, that we, we would love to see. Of course, waterfront real estate is probably the highest, highest um, price and most sought after. Uh, so that, that's um, um, always going to be an issue, but that's something I think that we can do in a, a number of places around Aotearoa to um, to do all of those things, but most of all to um, to reground us in 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 the, in the environment which we've had to navigate thousands of years ago in order to 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 make our way to those such a far flung country as as Aotearoa. So that's just this one that comes to mind, Kilda. Aretha, if you were given open slightly to pick a place that you could create something in, where would it be? And, and what would you be seeking to leave as a message for people? Well, um, ooh, yeah, I, I mean, I've been thinking about this a little bit, like in terms of how I want to change how I approach making public art. Um, I think before I answer the question, I just want to clarify my last point. So when I was saying before that like I don't want to ask for permission from anyone to make work, like I do stand by that, but at the same time I always ask for cultural permission. I think what I'm saying is just like institutional permission. I just I'm a little bit over. Um, but I'm always, you know, making sure I'm checking with my elders and I've always got cultural advisors whenever I'm working uh, in public spaces, especially if it's not my 
traditional land despite being born here. Um, and so that's always, you've always got to do that. Like first and foremost, making sure cultural safety is number one. Um, but in terms of, you know, working with institutions, like I, yeah, I didn't, I don't want that. I, I don't need that kind of validation. Um, but yeah, what would I want to make? Um, at this point in time, honestly, like I really want to get into making playgrounds and like a, a, a skate rinks or something. Um, so I've done a lot of walls and the one I just did the NGV over there is a big floor. Um, and so it's, it's slowly changing what my work is, but I would love to do like a, a skate park or just something that young people can engage in as a, as an object. Um, even if it's not a skate park, because it's, it's councils, it's like the one thing they really hate, <laughs> um, but making an object that's skatable um, would be awesome. And like, I got really big goals of doing that or just a playground. Like, you know, my little cousin, she's over there. And for me, like the biggest compliment is when little kids like my work. Like I, I just, nothing makes me feel happier um, and like, honestly, Loki, my target audience, I was like, if she likes it, like I'm good. Um, so I would love to make more, yeah, climbable spaces and spaces you can interact with. I remember some of my favorite places in Melbourne growing up as a young indigenous person were like, you know, those big, the big black sculpture just near the art center and you can run up it and then slide down. I reckon I spent hours on that when I was a kid, like literally hours. I just run up and slide down it again. And it's such an awesome artwork because little kids can climb all over it. And I think that's awesome. And it's not hidden behind a gallery wall and there's no, there's no um, admission to get into the gallery. Um, and for me, that's what public art is all about. You know, if a little kid can climb all over it, that's like, that's kind of what I want to do. Um, and I think I like to always go back to my own elders. So I was really close to my grandparents, uh, Uncle Roger Brown and Aunty Janice. Um, who I've actually got a tattoo for both of them, little gum nuts on my arm, but they, they passed away last year, which is really upsetting because we were really close. But my pop, he was like real traditional bush fella, really shy. By the end of his life, he didn't really speak to white fellas. He just wasn't, he just wasn't comfortable, you know, a lot of trauma and he really didn't speak about his life a lot. Um, but we were quite close towards the end and he, yeah, like I'm trying to think, like I would come home and he would, like I would find photos in his house of him like skinning a kid, no? Like really like, he's like real traditional bush, bushman and, um, I was like, wow, that's, that's, an, I'm like, wow, I've never seen that before. Um, but he, the thought of him going into a space like the NGV, and this isn't me dissing anyone, you know, um, or trying to <laughs> stop beef or anything, but like the thought of him going into like an NGV or a, um, I'm trying to think of another gallery in Melbourne, um, just wouldn't, he just wouldn't feel comfortable. Um, and that's not him. Like he loved art. He was an amazing scholar in so many ways, but it just wasn't his space. And historically those spaces were never made for him. And so, if young young fellas like Kulina or my my pop couldn't feel comfortable in a gallery space, like what's the point? Like I don't, I'm not interested, you know. That's why public work is so important to me because I would say pop come look at a mural, no worries, he'd be there. But come into this art gallery, it's it's still a little bit like flash, you know. And even I, when I'm in those spaces, I feel a bit oh like a bit um, imposter syndrome, you know, like oh like am I really allowed to be here? Like be young? Like I just you know it's still you know they're still quite. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> the other day I was doing the NGV and um, they were paying for my lunches. It was the first time in a while I got them to pay, like I get paid for lunches and I got ordered KFC to the uh, NGV on their budget and I was like, damn, like I really like, <laughs> I brought it down a notch. Um, I'm like humbling these guys. <laughs> I was like, you know, like I, yeah, anyway, that's just my little way of um, feeling more comfortable in this space. But if, um. Yeah, I think that's my point. But making more work for kids to play on and like even right now, we're, me and Colin are about to walk up to the Botanical Gardens and there's that water, there's uh, an amazing water area. Little kids can wade in the water and there's little 
characters and stuff. Like those spaces are awesome and that's how we connect to country. Like we're going to go play there for uh, let her go get tired. <laughs> um, and like they're just awesome, you know. That's where we – I go and um, yeah. I'm sure we could continue this discussion for many hours but time is against us. Um, I would like to invite forward um, to close the session um, Alicia and Carl um, who both work at City Design and are a part of the Aboriginal City Working Group. Um, please make them feel welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Artie Joy, for the welcome that we had to country today. Um, you got to put oh, it. you can't. Okay, sorry. Um, thank you so much, Artie Joy, for the welcome to country. Welcome to Wurundjeri Woiwurrung country. Closer. Close. Really close. <laughs> I think it's probably technique, I would say. Um, so thank you, Artie Joy. I'd also like to extend the thanks to Artie Joy, Roe, Aretha and the beautiful balloon from Kawilina um, today. Um, your generosity in sharing your stories with us um, is really important as we continue to listen and learn. So thank you. Thank you also to Jason for hosting today's discussion um, and also to Aboriginal Melbourne and City Design for organising today's event. Um, to be here today to listen to. Um, our teams are work, working together to continually build our relationships and also our learnings um, so that we can really celebrate uh, the living Aboriginal culture in our city so that it is a culturally safe and inclusive city for everyone who lives here and also everyone who visits. So thank you. And just a big thank you to everybody that's joined us today. Um, we really appreciate you coming out this afternoon. Um, and just one last thing, just to plug our next event, um, Design Futures, which is on Thursday the 9th of March at 6.30. Check out the M Pavilion website and please join us then. So thanks again. Round of applause for the panelists. Thanks, everyone. You're listening to an M Pavilion podcast conversations about design and the world we live in. For more, visit our archive at mpavilion.org and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts.